on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you got to do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Well, not much good to talk about basketball right now. We didn't have a show tonight, but I still wanted to do something to get some content out there. And I was thinking about next year's season for football. There's all these way too early 2024 rankings coming out. And I thought, what if I did a way too early Maryland football projections, the Larry projections? I know you guys love the Larry projections that I do on my spreadsheets. I've got a lot of good spreadsheet stuff for you. And today I'm expanding everything. I'm including a PowerPoint presentation. Yes, yes, a PowerPoint presentation. So without further ado, we're going to get started with that. Look at it. Oh, man, so slick, so slick. Way too early, 2024 Maryland football. Larry projections, January 10th, 2024. And we'll just jump right into it. The first thing I did was I went and collected seven different way too early rankings. There they are, ESPN Athlon, Pro Football Focus, uh, College Football News, 24-7, College Football Insider, and the Sporting News. There's everyone they had ranked in the top 25, and then I gave 25 points or first, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this is what next year's top 25 would look like if they aggregated all of these rankings. And as you can see, there are nine SEC teams, seven Big Ten, uh, 16, more than half from the two conferences, and dominating the top of the of the rankings, by the way. Six from the Big 12 and seven from the ACC. Not bad showings, but all much lower. In the red are Maryland's opponents next year. So you can see Maryland's playing number five, Oregon, playing number 11, Penn State, number 22, USC, and number 26, Iowa, for those teams. And it's 
much less daunting than the sort of standard schedule that Maryland has. You can see they'd have Michigan and Ohio State, which are three and six with Penn State 11. And they have those three kind of almost unwinnable games, right? Now it's kind of two. You got USC and Iowa down there a little lower, which are right now anyway, who knows what's going to happen in the with transfers and, and all of that kind of stuff, which I will get into. So there you go. You can see if you look over in the top right-hand corner up here, the SEC 19, 984 total points, clear number one. Big 10 with seven teams and 673 points, a clear number two, very distinct from the SEC, but then also very distinct from the next group. Big 12, third with six teams and 302 points. The ACC, seven teams and 194 points. So they're kind of a grouping there with the Big 12 looking a little better than the ACC. Then you got Notre Dame bringing in some points for the independents and then Liberty getting a few points for Conference USA. So that's what the preseason rankings look like according to these way too early polls. And if those polls are right, this is what the playoff bracket would look like. Pretty cool. Georgia, the number one seed. Alabama, two. Michigan, three. Texas, four. And then you've got the 8-9 game is Missouri versus Notre Dame, the winner going on to play Georgia. That's pretty cool. Will Missouri be able to do again next year what they did this year? I don't know. The SEC is going to be tougher. Can they really get to 10 wins again? We'll see about that. The 5-12 matchup, Oregon versus Liberty. Liberty getting in uh, via the best group of five uh, ranking. Likely an Oregon win. Then you get Oregon-Texas in the second round if that happened. What a matchup that would be. Be very exciting. Seven-Ted matchup is Ole Miss and Arizona. Arizona, the Big 12 representative, and barely eking into the into this uh, tournament. The only Big 12 team. The winner of those teams going up against Alabama. Alabama Ole Miss would be pretty awesome. And then the 6-11 matchup, Ohio State-Florida State. And Florida State would not get in. They were, I think, 17th, the highest ranked ACC team, or 16th maybe, and Clemson was 17th. So they're only getting in because they're the ACC champion. Ohio State would probably be a favorite in that. And then it would be if they won Ohio State-Michigan in a 3-6 matchup. And there's a lot of love-hate with that, right? Because Ohio State-Michigan, you love that it happens just once a year. But how cool would it be to see them match up again in the playoffs, right? Okay. Now we get to the Maryland schedule. Here it is. Saturday, August 1st, they start against UConn. At home, Michigan State at home, at Virginia, Villanova at home, at Indiana. They've got a bye week on October 5th. They get Northwestern at home, USC at home, at Minnesota. Then a second bye week on November 2nd. And they play at Oregon, get Rutgers at home, Iowa at home, and then they finish at Penn State. So you can see... Slightly easier schedule when you don't have Michigan and Ohio State on there all the time. So that's that's a good thing, right? Now here we go. Game one. I I dove deep into each team. I 
I got a lot of info for each one, and then I gave my projection at the end, so I've got a slide for each team. Starting with UConn on August 31st. Last season, UConn was 3-9. and nine. They're not ranked in the preseason this year. It doesn't look like they're losing much. Four starters on offense, three starters on defense. Now, let me just throw out a caveat for this. This is very subjective. I went to ourlads.com and looked at their depth charts. I counted up the seniors and graduates on each side of the ball. And obviously, some of the guys, those guys might have COVID years still. There could be, who knows, six years, appeals, all kinds of stuff. So these numbers here are going to be a little – you're going to take it with a grain of salt. I did my best. They're going to be kind of close, hopefully. The impact, not much losing on either side of the ball. Recruiting is dismal, 111th in the country right now. Transfers, they're losing many of their quality players, meaning guys ranked 88, 89, 90. They're not bringing in much. So a 3-9 and nine team, not losing many of their starters, but they're losing a lot of transfers. And that other is a typo there, revenge game for Maryland that was copied from uh, – from um, uh, the Northwestern slide, I don't really have much of an uh, much of an other for UConn there, except to say that Maryland should beat them. I got them projected at ninety five percent. I thought about going even higher than that, but I didn't want to go that high. So ninety five percent for the UConn game two, Michigan State. Michigan State, everybody knows they're kind of in disarray. Coach got fired, bringing in the new coach who's got a lot of accolades, but it's just his first year. Who knows how that transition is going to go? Uh, they're four and eight last year, not ranked, not going to be ranked in the preseason. They're not ranked in the way to early polls this year. Starters lost six, defense, offense six, defense three. Impact, they're losing their top three wide receivers and losing three offensive linemen. So the offense looks like it. Might have some issues there. Recruiting is 48th, not good, particularly for them. That's what happens when you go through the turmoil they're going through and, and bringing in a new coach. Transfers, losing 17 players, many going to quality programs. There were more than that, but some of them have reversed and they're going to go back to Michigan State. They do have a good transfer class coming in, including a 98-rated QB. So maybe there is some hope for Michigan State there. Uh, the offense is decimated from the defections. We've got the new co-head coach, like I said. Maryland's at home. It is Michigan State. They are bringing in a good QB and some other good players. I can't go too much higher than 67%. I have Maryland as a favorite winning two out of every three games against Michigan State next year. Game three at Virginia. Last year, Virginia, three and nine, not ranked in the way to early polls, obviously. They're losing four starters on offense, nine on defense. Defense is decimated by graduations. Their top three running backs are gone. Only one of them would be the starters reflected in that number four uh, for the offense. And the QB's gone. But they do have Calandria, who played against Maryland at the end of that game and showed some flash. So maybe the QB's going to be okay for them. I don't know. But they're losing a lot. They didn't have a lot to begin with. The recruiting is 81st. Not good. Another typo there. 81st. They are bringing in a solid class, but losing a little more, including two very good players for the program. So overall, not really replacing a lot of what's leaving. 
There is the old ACC rivalry, old ACC foes factor. Maryland beat them last year, so maybe some of that will come into play. I still can't see Maryland being any less than 75% there. I don't want to go too much more because it is an ACC team. It is a Power 5 team, and there is the familiarity from, from the ACC days, so I got that one at 75%. Game four, Villanova. They were 10-3 and three last year. They made the SEC, FCS playoffs. They won a game. Uh, they are likely to be ranked in the FCS this year, although I couldn't find a way too early poll for the FCS, but I would guess that they are. It didn't look to me like they were losing any starters on offense, and it looked like they are losing nine on defense. Not only were they not losing anyone on offense, they are only losing one player in their entire two deep, and it was a backup wide receiver. Offense could be really, really good, particularly at the FCS level. The defense loses almost everyone. Not sure how that will play out. Recruiting was unclear. I couldn't really find much about that. So they did see an article where it said they were bringing in 14 players. How good are they? Probably not great, especially when compared to Maryland's FBS program. Transfers, also unclear how many going in and out. I don't think many at that level. And then the only other thing I was thinking that was that this could be one of the tougher FCS teams in the country. They were ranked sixth last year. So it's not going to be one of those, you know, they beat Howard 70 to three or something. It's not going to be like that. I don't think, I think they're probably going to actually be able to put up some points with so many offensive players coming back and a good FCS team. Still it is FCS. I still got Maryland winning 95% of the time there. I, I thought about making because when I think about comparing Virginia and Villanova, there's a chance Villanova is better than Virginia. Yet I have Maryland at 75 against Virginia and have 95% against Villanova. Maybe it's just because of the stature of the programs, the FBS versus the FCS, ACC versus the uh, Colonial Athletic Association. I don't know. I, I got 95% there. Game five at Indiana. Last year, Indiana, three and nine. Preseason ranked of this year, not, not going to be ranked, and they weren't ranked in the top way too early polls. They're losing seven from the offense, six from the defense, more than half from both, losing a lot of players. The QB's gone, and the backup was a freshman last year. Could be a long year for Indiana. I know they're bringing in uh, a respected coach from JMU. He's bringing in a lot of his players with him. He's kind of bringing in a FCS kind of all-star team. If you look at their transfers, they've got 20, 23 they're bringing in. They're losing 22 players who were had some quality in it. They're bringing in a 23 that has some quality in it. It seemed to be kind of a wash, except that these JMU players know the new coach. They know his system. So maybe that's a net positive for Indiana. However, they're awful this year. The recruiting is 61st. I don't see them being – if they're going to be better next year, maybe by the end of the season we'll start to figure some things out. But I and it, but it is on the road. It is on the road. It is at Indiana, and anytime you're playing on the road, the Big Ten for Maryland, I wanted to go higher, but I gave them a 67% chance just because it's on the road. 
And every time you have a you have these schools like Indiana and Rutgers and Michigan State, these schools that are trying to get the bowl games, they just want to get to that level. When they look at their schedule, they see Maryland and they say, that's a game we have to win in order to get to a bowl. So I could only I went 67% on that one. Game six, after a bye, the Northwestern Wildcats, who went eight and five last year, beat Maryland last year. They're not ranked in the way too early polls. They're losing seven offensive starters, five from the defense. On the offense, they're losing five of the top six wide receivers and the top four tight ends. And their starting quarterback. That is a lot. That is a lot. Their passing game could have major issues next year. The recruiting is 101st. Their recruiting is never great. Transfers, none listed right now. And they're losing some quality players. I expect them to take a pretty steep decline next year from this year. It's also a revenge game for Maryland. Maryland's going to look at this game and say, hey, we cannot lose to this team twice in a row. I got it at 67%. This is another one you might be able to go a little higher. But they did lose to them last year. And I know I know there's no divisions anymore, but Maryland traditionally has these issues with these Big Ten West programs, so I got it at 67%. Game seven, USC. USC went just eight and five last year when they came in with so much preseason hype. Caleb Williams, Heisman. This year on the way to early rankings, they're 22nd, which is good, but that's a beatable team for Maryland, especially at home, 22nd. They're losing five offensive starters, seven defensive and the biggest impact from that is obviously losing Caleb Williams. And I know they've got four and five-star replacements, but it's Caleb Williams. And it's hard to project anyone coming in and being him. So it looks like they could take a step back there at that quarterback spot. Recruiting was just 17th. You think USC, you think of a top 10 program, maybe even into the top five, but just 17th. Transfers, they're bringing in 11 quality players, losing 19. Might be a net loss if you go look at it and you look at it based on the ratings. Overall, losing a lot of players. The transfer portal is still open. They're probably going to get some more guys. The other factor, them having to travel coast to coast. Hopefully Maryland can set this up as a 12 a.m. game. So it's 9 o'clock for their, their body clocks are at 9 a.m. I give Maryland a 33% chance. In some regard, if you just look at what they're losing and their record last year, it should be higher. On the other hand, it's USC. They're going to replace these guys with four- and five-star players. So it could be a lower percentage because of that. I don't know. I settled on 33%. I think a solid chance to win that game. I think they'll be an underdog, but a solid chance to win. Game eight at Minnesota. Minnesota, six and seven this year not ranked in the way-too-early preseason polls, losing a ton. Eight on offense, six on defense, and both kickers. That's not to be overlooked. You're losing senior punter, senior field goal kicker, losing a quarterback, wide receivers, and tight end, the starters and all of those. Two deep on the de defensive line is decimated. I think four starters and three other backups. Kind of crazy. So there could be a lot of issues for Minnesota next year. Recruiting is 39th. However, 
their transfers, incoming class, much stronger than the outgoing class. It's small, but they're bringing in quality transfers that could replace a lot of these guys. And it's Minnesota. It's a road game in the Big Ten. Other factors I have is just that P.J. Fleck is annoying and it would be fun to beat him because I hate his sayings. They're so annoying. I got them. I got Maryland as a 40% chance in this game. After that, there'll be a bye. And then game nine at Oregon. This, <laughs> this is probably the most unwin- – almost for sure the most unwinnable game on the schedule. Oregon last year 12-2. and two. The only two losses to Washington, who was an absolutely elite team. They're both elite teams. Preseason rank in the way to early polls is fifth. They're losing five on the offense, nine on the defense. Front seven is decimated. They're losing starters and backups. So there could be some issues there. They are also losing Bo Nix, who was great this year, obviously. Uh, Heisman candidate. Um, The recruiting is a six. They're sixth in the country in recruiting. They're losing many good players, but bringing in many good players, including Dylan Gabriel, who is one of the most highly regarded quarterback transfers. And will he replace Bo Nix? Maybe. Probably not entirely because it's hard to to say that someone will will be a Heisman candidate. Could be. Uh, the other factor is this time Maryland's got to go coast to coast and play Oregon. Hopefully it's not a night game at Oregon for Maryland. I got this. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. One at five percent. I just this is like those Ohio State and Michigan games in the past on the road, but it just feels just unwinnable. Who knows? We'll see. I got it at five percent. Game ten, home game against Rutgers. Rutgers very improved this past season. Seems like every year under Shiano, they're getting a little better. They went seven and six last year, won their bowl game. Maryland did beat them. They're not ranked in the Way too early polls. They are losing nine players on offense, four on defense. The wide receivers and tight ends are gone. Max Melton is gone. The QB is returning, Gavin Wimsett, who was great, but, you know, you come back, you get a little better, you assume anyway. So recruiting 37th, two spots, uh, three spots ahead of Maryland at 40th, about the same as Maryland. Transfers are not losing or gaining much of note. Either way, so that doesn't seem to be much of a factor as of yet. We'll see after spring ball. And then Shiano, as I said, is building the team every year. Rutgers has Maryland envy. It's a 
Maryland and Rutgers came in together. And like I said, when I was talking about Indiana, Michigan State, all those mid-level programs, they view the Maryland game as one of their must-win games to try and get to a bowl and build their program. Maryland and Rutgers, Indiana, Michigan State, all trying to step over each other, move up the ladder uh, in the hierarchy. It is a home game, though, and Maryland has been better. And I expect Maryland to be better next year, and I'll give Maryland a 67% chance to win. Game 11, the Iowa Hawkeyes, 10-4 and four last year, 10-2 and two regular season before losing in the Big Ten uh, championship game and then getting absolutely blown out in the bowl game. Bowl games, you know, who knows, player opt-outs and all those kinds of things, who knows. But preseason ranked, they did get ranked in a bunch of those polls, and it came out, they came out 26th, so a, a marginal borderline top 25 team. They're losing three on offense and three on defense, and it looks like more than that because if you look at their two deep, there are a lot of seniors. However, a lot of those guys have extra years and they're using them. I read an article about Iowa, and it looks like they're supposed to be losing about seven defensive guys and maybe four or five offensive guys, but a lot of them are coming back. And a lot of these seniors are returning. And you know what their defense is like. With most of the team coming back, they could be – Excuse me, they could be even better. Kay McNamara coming back, returning from injury. Is he going to be better? Who knows? The recruiting is 33rd, a few slots higher than Maryland. Transfers listed none coming in. They're losing very little. Other things of note, they're, they're getting a new offensive coordinator, which supposedly will help, but – Will McNamara stay healthy? That's a big factor. It is at the end of the year, so if they have a learning curve, by the time Maryland gets to this game, game 11, they will have that figured out, ironed out for the most part. I I think of Maryland as around a 35th-ranked team in the country. They're 26 in that way-too-early poll. A home game, 35 against 26, I got it at 50-50, though this is one I might go lower. That defense for Iowa and the the Big Ten West thing, this is one I could go lower down to like 40%. I could make Iowa a favorite here. I don't know, but I got a 50 right now. Game 12, Penn State. Maryland's been blown out by them recently. Game's over by the first quarter into the second quarter. Not fun. Penn State 10-3 and three last year. Preseason rank in the way to early polls, 11th. Um, they're losing four offensive and five defensive players. However, they have a lot of juniors who could declare for the NFL. It could be six or seven offensive players. It could be six or seven defensive players. If you remember last year, Olaf Fashanu, um, offensive lineman, could have left last year, but he went back, and I'm sure they were paying him like crazy with NIL. He could – Come back again next year. So maybe Penn State's going to do that. I don't know. But they could end up losing more than four or five. It's really hard to project them right now. The offense and defensive line both could be losing a lot. So that could really hurt their team. The recruiting is 14th, about what they generally are, 10th to 15th, maybe a little lower than they sometimes are. Sometimes they get to the 10, top 10. They don't have many transfers coming in or out, although – who knows, they'll probably get some more 
they they have NIL as we know. So I th- I think the entire season for Penn State and the quality of their team is going to depend a lot on Drew Alar, Alar, however you say his name, and whether he improves or not because he was okay, good, solid, but he was not the elite guy that he was rated to be coming out. Um and if he gets to that, then Penn State could be really, really good, obviously. If he doesn't, they could be about the same as they were or maybe even drop back because he's not going to have an offensive line. He could be losing four of his starters and some good players too. Um, so who knows? And the other factor, they might need to win this game against Maryland in the last week of the season to get to the college football playoff or maybe even get to the Big Ten championship. If they're 11 and 1 at the 10 and 1 at the time, which is possible, maybe even 9 and 2, 9 and 2 you could be on the bubble for the playoff. They're probably not getting into the Big Ten championship at 9 and 2, but could be on the bubble for the championship. And as you know, James Franklin loves to put his beatdowns on Maryland. He does not want to let Maryland get up off the mat and breathe at all in this region. So I got it at 10%. A little better odds than Oregon, but I, I just don't see much of a chance of winning that game. Those are all the individual games. And now here we have overall on the left, you see my predictions for each game, totaling up to 6.69 wins, which is about what I've had every year for the past three years. So not much change there. Then, if I'm correct about those percentages, taking the percentages I gave in the 6.69 wins possibility, here are the projected percent chance at each of the records. And you can see 7 and 5, the most likely record at 22.5%. 6 and 6 at 20.8%. Then 8 and 4 at 17.7%. Five and seven at 14.2%, nine and three at 9.9%. And then it trickles down from there when you get to the extremes of of either side. Bowl game, if I'm correct, chances of a bowl game, 75.6% chance for the bowl game next year. And to get into the playoff, 0.9%. And I'm basing that that you need to get 11 wins because if you looked at this year's bracket, You're going to have a group of five team. And then next year, are there going to be a big 12 and an ACC team in the top 12 teams? Maybe not, not, not the way it's projected right now. So really you got to be top nine because there's those three spots are going to go to automatic qualifiers spots, 10, 11, and 12. You got to be in the top nine. If you look at this year's records, I think only two of them were 10 and two. You had to be 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 to get into that group. And then there were some other 10 and 2 teams sprinkled throughout throughout the rankings. So I'm considering you got to be 11 and 1 to really guarantee if Maryland's 11 and 1 against that schedule they're going. If they're 10 and 2, they will be bubble, but add about four percentage points to that. Maybe you're about 5% chance to get into the into the playoffs. So there you have it. That's my way too early Larry projections for 2024. Obviously, a lot can change and a lot will change. There's going to be transfers in and out from Maryland and every other one of these teams. 
There could be injuries, all of that other kind of stuff. Anyway, I thought I'd throw that together because everybody else is doing way too early projections and I wanted to do it for Maryland. I probably got a lot of stuff wrong. If I did, let me know, particularly on the other teams, who's leaving, who's going, number of starters returning and all that kind of stuff. That's that's tough to figure out sometimes if you don't know intimately who's got extra years, who's got COVID years, who's got redshirt years, all of those, who's going to uh, who's going to do what Talia is doing and try and get a waiver, right? Who, who knows all of those kind of things. So that's that's the biggest factor, and that's why this is the way too early. So there you go. Those are my Larry projections for 2024. Let me know what you think. This is IMS Radio. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.